What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Not Rocket Science Podcast, episode 23. It's me, Sean, on this warm, 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 warm mid-September day. Hope you guys are doing well. I am doing pretty damn well. I'm uh, going on vacay tomorrow, a little vacay down in New Orleans. So I'm recording this episode a little bit early because I want to get it out and I don't want to miss a week. But my schedule is a little crazy and I'm not going to be able to record until next Wednesday. So... Here I am now trying to squeeze one of these suckers in before I leave. I have a very early flight tomorrow. 7 a.m. I'm going to be a zombie tomorrow. But it is what it is. More time there. And the flight's usually cheaper, I've noticed. Um, We're all doing good. It's wrapped up work. It's been a little crazy. And, uh, man, sometimes you notice. See, I take the train home. Subway, NYC, MTA Subway, I take the G train, used to be a disaster 10 years ago, now pretty decent, but one thing that always tends to happen is on days where I'm really anxious about something, like I gotta pack, I gotta record this episode, I gotta do a bunch of stuff, whatever, I my pet peeves when it comes to subway etiquette just tends to skyrocket, and today I was just on edge I was on edge on the subway I was just being annoyed by every little thing like people sneezing that's the worst it's like come on dude like I get it we all gotta work we're all getting by yada 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 I understand but do you have to go underground into a metal tube with at least 50 people in this little metal tube with you all scrunched together because it's rush hour all sweating on each other and shit and all somewhat annoyed but tolerating one another and you just gotta start being (coughs) you know you really gotta do that because like you know it's gonna happen you know you've been doing that all day in your cubicle, just blowing your fucking nose, you know, and it's annoying at work, it's annoying at work, but I get it, you gotta do what you gotta do, you you have a bad immune system, you used up all your sick days, you took that long ass vacation, that's on you, man, that's on you, do what you gotta do, live your damn life, 
But all I am saying is when you are going into a metal tube underground with complete strangers... It's 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 kind of rude. It's kind of rude to be honest, because you're talking about science. You're talking about bacteria and viruses that are airborne, and we're in a contained environment. Like, c- can you just spring it and take an Uber? Because the guy, the guy that was next to me all <coughs> today, you know, this guy did not work at Chick Fil A. This guy was in a suit. He was in a suit and he had a watch. He had a, um, what's it called? A Tag Heuer watch on. He had a Tag Heuer watch on. He was in a blue kind of like suit action with the collar open and some nice brown shoes that he probably got at Brooks Brothers or something. I mean, maybe he's fronting. Maybe they were at the the, uh, the discount bin at Century 21, like where I get my shoes. <laughs> My dress shoes that I wear once. But these look like legit shoes. Suit looked pretty legit. He had some expensive glasses. He had some product in his hair. And he's just... (laughs) Right next to me. And I felt... I fucking felt the wind of his bacteria hit me right in my elbow. Because he was like to the right of me. I was sitting on the main bench facing the opposite window when he was on those, like, side seats. And when I felt that, I was just like, you get these primal urges to just punch people in the fucking face. I felt like, uh, I felt like the movie Super Bad when Jonah Hill is trying to buy liquor and he goes and he, like, has those three scenarios where he, like, kills he gets killed in one of them by the security guard or something that's what i felt like before my eyes i was like what if i just fucking socked this dude in the face for just coughing all over my elbow and then the moment passed and then it was whatever and he got off two stops later but i digress this happens over and over and over and over again in new york i don't know it was just one of those days i was antsy to get home i wanted to pack i to get out of there i uh for whatever reason, wasn't really getting reception or internet. So, not reception. I'm not making fucking phone calls on the subway. So, I wasn't able to surf the net. Surf the net? What is this? 1997? Jesus. I wasn't able to go online. That's the point. So, when you do that, the subway ride feels longer. And you get more anxious to get out of that underground metal pill chugging along because I, I was gonna say flying through the tracks or whatever but let's be real here the mta subway just kind of chugs along chugs along unless you're on a four or five express train if you're on a local train like the g it's just and you're like this is the best we can do call up elon musk right now i need some elon musk underground tunnel action please but point of the story is if you sick call a lift call a lift because you are getting everyone else sick and that's kind of fucked up dude all right that's all i got yep
Well, calling it there, that's the podcast. Seven minutes. <laughs> nah, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. We just getting into it. Man, I'm hyped about going to New Orleans. I've never been down there. I'm uh I'm one of these people that when they go on vacation or whatever, I'm like making a restaurant list. I don't give a shit about itineraries. Please never go on vacation with me if you're one of those types that like literally plans every moment of every day out and 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 goes and prints an itinerary. An itinerary? That's my day at work. It's just an itinerary. I look at my calendar and that's an itinerary of what I'm doing all day. I would go on vacation to get rid of an itinerary and not do shit and just wander around. So yeah, I'm not that person, but what I am is I make a list of all the places I want to eat. So I'm ready to eat some fucking beignets. I'm ready to eat some crawfish. I'm ready to eat some oysters. I don't even fucking like oysters, but I'm eating oysters because they look pretty damn good. And you do you do as the Romans do when you're on vacation, and uh, that's what I plan on doing. But I am not making any kind of itinerary or any kind of list or any of that bogus shit. I'm just trying to eat some motherfucking beignets and chill. But I shouldn't eat beignets because I've been eating like a seven-year-old this entire week. It was my girlfriend's birthday over the weekend, and somehow... I got her desserts, her family got her desserts, her friends got her insomnia cookies. Insomnia cookies are one of the best inventions of all time. Insomnia cookies is a chain in New York City where you can get cookies delivered like pizza, like soft-baked, fresh-out-of-the-oven cookies delivered like it's Domino's or some shit. It is amazing so she got that at work i got her these mini little cupcakes called baked by melissa cupcakes they're like the size of like a i don't know like a large coin like a half dollar or something i got her those we her birthday cake is from milk bar so milk bar is another new york chain but i think they're they're they have some spots in like vegas and maybe some other places now it's created by uh one of the judges on uh, MasterChef, uh, Christina Tossi, I think is her name. And that birthday cake is the best birthday cake of all time. However, I have a bone to pick with Milk Bar, and it's this. They started with this pie that Christina Tossi made when she was working with the Mama Fuku guy. And I forget his name. He has that show on Netflix, I think Ugly Delicious. That guy. And she made some pie. She was just working for him. And everyone loved the pie. And it was like the pie in the food scene. So then she opened up Milk Bar to sell the pie. And it's called Crack Pie. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's catchy. But like, I'm not one to get offended by anything. And I'm not offended by this. Call it Crack Pie. I don't care. But it's a little weird to me to be this like innocent-ass bakery. And then name your main staple dessert after a drug and not a good drug like a shitty drug like if you call someone a crackhead it's not meant to be a good thing 
and it's a New York City bakery chain. And New York City had was like the epicenter of the crack epidemic back in the, in the late 80s, early 90s. So there's like a long-rooted history and relationship with New York City and crack. And you're calling it a crack pie? Like, what, like can you imagine if you called it like a heroin pie or a meth pie? Like, why don't they make heroin and meth pies at Milk Bar? Why don't make like a quaalude pie? like a fentanyl pie while you're at it they're all addictive because the whole thing i remember watching an interview with her with the christina tossi and she's like everyone was like it's so addictive let's just call it crack pie and i'm like that is such a fucking white person thing to just do like oh this is so addictive let's just name it after this terrible drug that destroyed the black community in the 80s just because it's fun and it sounds cool it's crack like ew to me, that's just like out of touch whiteness exemplified to the nth degree. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's just what it is. Um, I don't really care, you know, because I'm a, I'm a big believer in like, do you, do whatever you want. It sounds catchy. From a branding perspective, it's probably a good idea. Oh, crack pie, crack pie. Like, it sounds nice. It rolls off the tongue. But when you think about it, you're like, What? Yeah, let's just name our staple signature dessert after not just a drug, but a drug that is cut to make it more potent but less good. It's like a shitty low-quality drug that just happens to be very addictive. I don't know, man. I just went on a rant about a fucking pie, so... You know, what does that say about me? But it's just, it just is a little peculiar to call your pie crack pie. And it's literally meant like crack like the drug. There's no secondary meaning like butt crack. Because, I, I mean, that would be weird too, a butt crack pie. But no, they mean crack like the drug. I saw it in an interview with my own eyes and ears. And it's weird. It's fucking. It's probably delicious. I've never had it. I've only had the cookies and the and the birthday cake. All of it delicious. Soft serve ice cream with the with the cereal milk in it. Pretty good, but overrated. Cereal milk. Eh, it's kind of whatever. It just tastes kind of like. Because they use. Here's the problem. They call it cereal milk, and they brand it as cereal milk, like it's some like super exotic thing or whatever. But they use corn flakes as the cereal that sits in the milk. And I'm like, okay, let's come up with this awesome invention, but let's use the most boring cereal in the world. Who ate cornflakes growing up? Like, seriously. Did anyone... I've never met anyone in my life where I'm like, oh, yeah, what cereals did you like when you were a kid? No one in no one's top five was there cornflakes. Fucking cornflakes? I don't know, man. You could do that with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. You could do it with at least Corn Pops, for God's sakes. I mean, Corn Pops, they got super soggy, but at least they had good flavor. You could do it with Apple Jacks. You could do it with uh, Honey Nut Cheerios even would be fine. Um, I mean, Cinnamon Toast Crunch was number one. 
what else? What else? What else? What were some other really good cereals? Cookie Crisp, overrated. Oh, the Reese's cereal. That shit was bomb. But also, it was like disgusting. It was basically just like sugar. It was just like a dessert, basically. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Point is, cornflakes is a weak sauce effort. Weak sauce effort. It's like to cereal what Birdman is to rapping. You know what I mean? Like, everyone knows cornflakes. It's a known entity. It had its moment. It's very, maybe, possibly influential in one way or another to the cereal game, like Birdman is in, in, in the rap game. But no one looks back and nostalgically remembers Birdman versus. You know what I mean? Even the big timers, like maybe Manny Fresh, because he's a great producer, and maybe one of his verses from a Hot Boys song back in the day might have some nostalgia to you. No one talks about Birdman verses. You know, he did his thing on the business side. I mean, stole money from other people, but you know, he he made his money in his in his given industry. He's a known commodity in the rap world, but he is not a top five rapper. Cornflakes is not a top five cereal. So point being, Milk Bar, why cornflakes? Why? Because it's not like it's one of those things that translates well to cereal milk. When I have the cereal milk ice cream, I'm like, it's pretty good, but it kind of just tastes like fucking cornflakes, which is mediocre. <sighs> I don't know, man. Could have made some cereal, uh, cinnamon toast crunch, milk, and that shit would go over way better. Or use another thing like Honey Nut Cheerios with a more neutral base. Because you probably want that neutral base. Um, but not that neutral. Not fucking wonder, the Wonder Bread of cereals. Alright. Speaking of white peopleness, The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. It just got announced that Maroon 5 is doing the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeesh. What? So they're going to Atlanta. Atlanta is one of the great music cities in the world. And you could have done this. You could have had this. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'll be there, but when I leave there, better be a household name. And weatherman tells it ain't gon' rain. So now we sit in the drop top soaking wet. Anyway, you could have had that. You could have had an outcast Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, I know that they're not touring much these days. I know that they're not really like making music anymore, but they did a 25th reunion tour a couple years ago. And come on, the Super Bowl halftime show. I know both of them. I know Andre 3000 and Big Boy are big music, uh, big football fans. I have a hard time seeing them turning down a Super Bowl halftime show. And instead, and instead. We gotta do this at the Super Bowl. This soft shit. Oh my god. NFL. 
Get your shit together. You know what? This is probably what Roger Goodell just picked himself. He's like, I like that moves like Jagger song. Let's get those guys to the Super Bowl this year. They're safe. That guy can show his titties. No one cares. Fucking awful. But anyway, I'm not. I, you wouldn't expect the NFL to get this one right, would you? They are the safest, most boring league, and that's why their TV ratings are dropping these days. And the tides turn. Plus, you know they're they're uh, giving all their employees brain damage. <laughs> that can't help. But still. Even though you're giving all your employees brain damage, you can at least get this right. I mean, shit. There's so many better alternatives. All right. He might not be good enough to do the Super Bowl as far as being, like, a big enough name these days. But Maroon 5 should at least, at least bring this dude out for something like this. They got to pay tribute to Atlanta hip-hop somehow. Somehow. Come on. This is the Super Bowl. Classic. This is classic DJ tune. This is T.I. when T.I. was like the man. Mm. 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 I think all the uh, youngins out there don't understand. There was a time when T.I. was as big as, like, what Drake is right now. That song, I think that came out in, like, 2008, maybe? 2007? T.I., that song was the biggest song of that year, I'm pretty sure. Like, T.I., you really thought T.I. was going to become, like, the next Jay-Z or something. I think he's a little too dysfunctional to be the next Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Like, Jay-Z has that Derek Jeter thing where you know he's kind of making moves on the low, but he must have, like, the best PR team or whatever it is because very little ever gets picked up by the media, and he never, like, does some crazy shit and winds up in jail with a mugshot. Whereas T.I. has had several incidents. He's a little more DMX in him. You know, the other thing people don't realize is back, or maybe the people that live through it obviously realize it, but like young, younger, younger folks might not understand is back in the day in like 99, 2000 era, DMX and Jay-Z were literally the same in popularity. And if anything, DMX was bigger. Like DMX was like the biggest rapper in the world back then. He was the number one guy. Jay-Z was like right there with him too. But uh man, when people are just dysfunctional on some level, it, long term it really affects your legacy cuz I thought I thought I thought DMX was crazy and I didn't know about him, but I thought TI when that song came out, I thought he was going to transcend to that next level. Um, but didn't really happen. But anyway, point being, NFL, get your act together. Keep bombing on these Super Bowl acts. Take some damn 
risks for crying out loud. The Janet Jackson titty thing was 14 years ago. 14 years ago. And look, T.I. if T.I. or Andre 3000 show their titties, no one cares. So no risk there. Come on, guys. Step up. They better have some guest appearances. It better be one of these things where Maroon 5, you know, is the main act, but then they, they bring up some, some Atlanta some Atlanta acts. They got to do something. At least bring out Ludacris. He's safe now. He's in all the Fast and Furious movies. Or bring out Usher. That's another Atlanta artist, right? Usher's from Atlanta. Yep. I don't know, man. At least bring out Lil John for crying out loud. Make him, you know, do one of his pop hits or whatever. Something. Anyway, NFL. Just a big face palm. Just a big old face palm. What else is going on here? Man, I don't even know. I'm looking through the feeds in real time. I ain't even seeing nothing to talk about. Oh, that's right. Sesame Street. So it turned out there was this whole thing where one of the uh, writers on Sesame Street, I believe, who was gay, admitted that Bert and Ernie's gay. Like he wrote um, Bert and Ernie sketches or scenes similar based on the relationship he had with a significant other who was gay. Uh, the guy's name's Mark Saltzman. He's a longtime writer on Sesame Street. Uh, he did an interview with a with a magazine and mentioned that. But then. Sesame Street, of course they would do this. Companies always drop the ball with this thing. Come out with a tweet that they, of course, take down, you know, like an hour later. Where, and this is what they said. As we've always said, Bert and Ernie are best friends. They were created to teach preschoolers that people can be good friends with those who are very different from themselves. Even though they're identified as male characters and possess many human traits... And characteristics, as most Sesame Street Muppets do, they remain puppets and do not have a sexual orientation. Now, the second that was sent, Sesame Street should have known that they done fucked up. Because, of course, the gay community lashed out, as they should, at that tweet, because that was... The most weak sauce, poorly thought out tweet of all time. Even if the point was you wanted to make Bert and Ernie not be gay, right? So forget just admitting it or rolling with it or not saying anything. Like, if your point was you want to make it clear Bert and Ernie are not gay, saying stuff like even though they're identified as male characters and possess many human traits and characteristics, they remain puppets and do not have a sexual orientation. Like... That is just some under-researched horseshit. Because there's other characters on the show, like Miss Piggy, like Elmo, who had a whole spinoff show that talked about his family, and other puppets that have tons of sexual orientation. They have, like, wives or husbands or whatever. and But they're all hetero. Uh, like, the Count had some uh 
I just think of them as being his like count hoes after that Dave Chappelle skit. Or it's like, how many times do I have to slap these bitch to get my money? One slap, two slap, two slap. I, I, I remember that skit. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking. I, I cannot not think of the count from Sesame Street without that Chappelle show skit in mind. But uh, point being is that when you say stuff like they're puppets, they don't have sexual orientation you kind of have being a hypocrite and a very obvious one. Oh, Oscar the Grouch also has a girlfriend named Grundgetta. Like, come on. You just didn't even put the time in to research your point. And that's just sloppy execution. Can't be doing that. But then on top of it, it's like, there's been jokes about Bert and Ernie being gay for decades now. Just roll with it. Or don't roll with anything and just stay silent. Just stay silent. You get no backlash. Let the people decide. And you're all good. Sesame Street's great. They're not the Chick-fil-A of children's shows where the gay community hates them. And it's like, who cares? Who cares? I mean, I understand why the gay community cares. But I'm saying, why does it matter that your viewers think of Bert and Ernie as gay. Just let them. Just let them do it. Who cares? It's 2018. It ain't 1979. People want to think they're gay. Let them think they're gay. And just, you know, if you want, acknowledge it and say they're gay. Or be hush-hush about it. Dude, there was literally at least five or six approaches you could have taken that would have caused no backlash and they took the one strategy that equals tons of backlash where pretty much every major blog is writing something about it and it's absurd they shouldn't it's not that big of an issue because sesame street messed up on twitter it's become this massive issue and it shouldn't have been an issue in the first place because now you got 24 year olds to 28-year-olds, to 36-year-olds working at media companies writing articles for clicks about puppets being gay and the morality behind it. This is where we are in 2018. And it all could have been avoided if Sesame Street didn't mess up. But I wouldn't expect an old TV show like that to be the most social media savvy, so... It is what it is. And, uh, yeah. So where are we at? Oh, we're half hour in. Uh, I might just call today because I got a pack. I got a lot of crap I got to do. But, um, appreciate you guys listening. And, uh, I don't want to go. I feel like I'm just ranting because of that subway thing. Where I feel like I'm probably going to get sick before I go on vacation. So I'm in a little bit of a mood. I'm in a little bit of a mood. All I did was go on this microphone and complain. I complained about the Super Bowl halftime selection. I don't even hate Maroon 5. You know, this love is a jam. This is a jam. Sunday morning is a jam. Those are two legit jams. However, they should not play the Super Bowl this year. If the Super Bowl was in, I don't know, L.A. or like... Vegas or like North Dakota fine fine pick Maroon 5 I don't care but 
Atlanta, it's like, you know, it's like not getting a country artist in Nashville or something like that or not having some Latin artist out of Miami. Anyway, my girlfriend just texted me about dinner. I got to go. I got to pack to get my ass down to New Orleans to just walk around and eat gumbo and beignets all day. So I'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. I uh, hope you got some value out of these silly-ass rants. And uh, if you haven't already, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter, NRS underscore show. That's all I got for you this week, guys. Hope you have a good one. Take it easy. Peace.